Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Something Inventive. No, I've not got a cold. That was a recording from my audio avatar, created in Lyrebird. In this episode, called Fake It Till You Break It, Al and I talk about the emergence of deep fakes, which are video and audio fakes that are so good they can be used to put Nicolas Cage into almost every film imaginable. This episode is sponsored by our SEO report. If you need to grow your web traffic like gangbusters, then you'll need this practical laser-focused search engine optimization report. Just visit our website, ratherinventive.com slash SEO to find out more. So, Al, we've got a lot to make up for in this episode, as we've missed a month already. Yes, we had a holiday. <laughs> a week off. A month off, I should say. I know. Sorry about that, everyone. Um, we just couldn't get it together. I was away at the end of the month. Al was away before that. And we were busy doing other things. So I'm really sorry. Um, hopefully my apology episode um, was appreciated. But um, we're back on track. So we'll be doing one a month from now on for the next two years. <laughs> Yay. Sorry. I, 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 I apologise <laughs> for that. <laughs> Um, however, we were, um, or I was doing a lot of interviews actually in, in um, business interviews with other people um, that were coming through. So hopefully that made up for a little bit. Um, there were a couple of notable ones actually. I've had people coming up to me who've who've listened to them, which is is rare. Um, and one is for Wild Fizz Kombucha, so Gina. A lot of people found that quite interesting. Um, and also the Quantum RE. So that was um, Matthew um, Sullivan who I interviewed. And he's got a company called Quantumari where they're using the blockchain to help people or allow people to invest in property. Quite interesting. And actually, it's a good episode if you don't know much about blockchain, because he explains that in quite an easy way. Um, very nice chap, as is Gina. Um, there are another couple of notable ones. Minx Media. That's actually got one of the most views or listens, I should say, on our SoundCloud statistics so well done Heidi that's really you've, you've obviously shared it with the right people that's got a lot of listens there um anyways you can listen to our backlog if you go to ratherinventive.com slash podcast and you can see them all there there's a new one actually SEO affiliate domination there's tons there's lots it's very exciting um and more to come lots of interviews actually I've got a lot of people backlogged up so I'm looking forward to that anyway moving on I did promise Al that we'd try and keep this under 45 minutes if not half an hour that's our target um, I don't know if there's much follow-up. I don't think there's anything, any follow-up. So I want to dive straight into our topic, which I thought would be quite interesting. And it's called deep fakes. Now, I read an article that popped up on my Twitter timeline or through Apple News. And it was about how the advance of technology is now allowing people to produce videos or audio that allow famous people or allow them to make famous people say things they didn't say. So you can have, there's an example of Obama, which is made up by a guy called Jordan Peele, I think, where he's taken his voice and combined it with Obama to make Obama say something that he's never said. And that's done through taking lots of footage through Obama, and there's tons on the internet. It's going to be, a, he's obviously a very public figure at the time, so there's a lot of footage available to him. And you feed that all into an application, which I think is called Fake App. I don't know. There's a couple of them. So you feed all of that material into an application 
Um, and the artificial intelligence um, algorithm looks at that and tries to identify what the characteristics of this person that's being fed in. And then a person like Jonathan Peel can then um, produce their own video and use that video as a guide to what the new video should be. And it's, it's kind of merging them together. The resulting output is amazing, and I can't really do it justice on a podcast by showing you, but you should check it out. So we're going to have the video for that in the show notes. But if you search for John, uh, sorry, am I saying John? It's Jordan Peele. My mistake. If you're searching for Jordan Peele, Obama video, it'll come up. It's amazing. It really is. But Al, I know you're quite interested in technology and the darker side of it. What did you think? Had you come across this before? What did you think when you watched the videos? I've already started building the bunker in my garden <laughs> to hide in when World War Three kicks off. Yeah, I didn't know. I, I, obviously, I've, you know, you see on the movies this sort of stuff, this technology of, you know, face swapping and, you know, digitization and all this sort of thing. And we're kind of used to it in the, in the movies in some way. Like, with, you know, we can suspend our disbelief mm-hmm. there. Like, we sort of leave our, I don't know, not conscience, but we just sort of leave something at the door and then we... It's normal that we see things happening on screen. We know they're not really happening. We just kind of go along with it because it's entertaining. But um, when you see see something like this, which is kind of going to be available quite widespread, Mm -hmm. it is very, very worrying. I am particularly worried about it. I didn't realise the technology was that good. And as well as the video that you sort of mentioned, I've had a look at some others, including one from the kind of the research team, who worked on um, a lot of the stuff mm-hmm. and some of the stuff they've got is it's amazing and great if it's used for good but i i can't see how it's going to be used for that much good i can only well being my you know negative self mm-hmm. can really see the bad things it could be used for it's almost like what's that? i'm not sure what film it's off where they say we're too busy asking um, whether we could and we should have asked whether we should yeah, I remember that one. I know people are going to be shouting at us, telling us what it is. <laughs> I know, don't, don't all edit the podcast. They'll be like, yes, that's the film. Um, I can't think of it at all. It is, it is worrying because it's, it's so good and it's, and it's going to get better, as with all these sort of things. Um, the, the way that you can kind of use a sort of, it's like, um, you know, like a face transplant. It's like Photoshop yeah. for video, yeah. but just way better. And, and the stuff I've seen, you can video the actor of what you kind of want the other person to do so let's mm-hmm. say you've got a famous person which seems to me from what i've seen is either obama or nicholas cage <laughs> yeah there's a lot of nicholas cage <laughs> where they're putting nicholas cage into other famous films like uh the one yes. i saw was is it raiders of the lost ark where yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they put him over harrison ford's face and so you've just got lots of clips of nicholas cage in all these different places yeah. male female whatever the, the performance and it's it's weird yeah, it's like Rick Rolling sorry, with Nicolas Cage. Um, so, yeah, it's so either Obama or Nicolas Cage. Um, I've completely forgot what I was saying. Yeah, um, I mean, something I saw, which was quite fascinating, um, and this relates to the new Star Wars. Which one was it? Um, or Rogue One. It's a good job this isn't a film podcast. It is. <laughs> um, so in Rogue One, at the end of it, you've got Leia. So it's basically handing over from Rogue One to, the, uh, to episode four um star wars the original star wars um so it's handing over to that so they had the connection was uh they wanted young leia to feature in that so in star wars um i guess it's still industrial light and magic who do all those effects but um whoever the effects team were they spend a lot of time um 
reconstructing her face in 3D so that they could match it onto an actress, um, just as they did earlier on with uh, the, the guy who's very famous, and I can't remember. Nicholas Cage? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but basically, it's a lot of hard work. A lot of artists have spent a lot of time trying to get it just right. Um, someone using this application, a uh, downloadable application called Fake App, has recreated that scene using found footage of Leia from, from, you know, from the original series and recreating it. I think there is, if you look at the making of, you can get some footage of the actress, just the plain, the regular actress they used for that bit before they overlaid Leia's face. And I, I, I guess they've used that footage to recreate it. And if you see a side by side, it looks pretty close. I mean, it it's is. not going to be as high definition, not but yet. only computing powers, yeah. you know, that's not far until we can do that. Um, and that's amazing. And that's a tough gig for the actress. You know, she's like, I'm in Star Wars. And you're like, no, you're not. I know. <laughs> you're like, no, that's me. It's not you, is it? It's this Carrie Fisher. No, it is me. It's no, me. I really did it. I really did it. Yeah, I mean, that was, um, that's crazy. And, and actually, a lot of these examples are in a, another link which is the original link I think I sent to Al as sort of a bit of research. I'll make sure that's in the show notes too. Um, just going back to the, the dark side of it, mm-hmm. I think there's there's probably lots of areas of concern, but two of them sort of, uh, and they're all on the opposite side of each other. If you think about how President Trump is now, for example, um, that he may say something, then deny or fudge what he said later on. That's unusual. Yeah. Well, imagine doing that when there are lots of deep fakes of you out there saying different things anyway and saying, well, what you saw previously was a fake. I yeah. didn't say that. Someone made it yeah. up. Now, yeah. now at the moment, it's, um, it is certainly possible to do it, but we haven't had the excuse that someone has made mm. a deep fake of what he said. He's just said, I didn't say it and hoping people will ignore it. Mm. But actually in the future i think not the worst thing is not necessarily to see a fake of what someone didn't say it's to see someone really say something and then lie about it later because they can say it was faked yeah it's possible that's already happened isn't it (laughs) it is quite possible uh it's plausible that that's already occurred i mean some stuff you see online is low res anyway and a lot of people you wouldn't pay attention to it uh you know and you're not looking for these things these signs and so, goodness knows, that's already possibly happened. Mm. Um, but well, you're I... right. They're kind of the, the kind of false positive in a sense that you can just, you know, uh, wish away anything you've done and said to say, oh, it's fake. Well, he, and he's, he's saying that through regular media. So text, tweets, that sort of thing. He's saying that's fake or it's a lie. But when it's a video of what is the likeness of that person saying it and sounding like them, that's incredible. And it's much more believable. And even if it can be proved, and apparently you can prove, certainly at the moment, that um, if a deep fake is a fake, um, either using artificial intelligence, oddly, sort of a a different AI combating it, uh, looking for known issues, or you can use, um, or or actually it could look at footage and say, that's not what they would do. That looks wrong. You know, they wouldn't say that sort of thing. Who's to say that? Yeah, well, the AI. Basically, the AI looks at your past... And will analyse what you have said and said, are, are they likely to have said that sort of thing? That's and one way of looking Yeah. The problem is, is depending what this, you know, avatar, which is it kind of is an avatar, isn't yeah. it? Says, I mean, this, I mean, it could start a major worldwide incident mm-hmm. and a crisis um, because anyone can sort of use it for bad. Yeah. You don't have to be 
you know, you don't have to spend millions of pounds, dollars on expensive hardware and computing to, you know, put someone else's face on something. It, it It's almost like in, I don't know, five, ten years, people can just do this all the time, just a matter of course. It'll be funny. It'll be fun. It'll be hilarious to have Nicolas Cage <laughs> saying whatever you want. Fine. But as we've seen already with, like, fake news, before this even really exists, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen that with, like, people use photographs of other demonstrations yeah, and they say, look at this demonstration for this thing. And it's not that demonstration at all. Yeah. No one questions it. Well, a few people do, but people just but, look at it face value. They think it's true. They look at it. Oh, that's a photo of that. It's been verified or vetted. It hasn't. And in the same way, these videos aren't verified or vetted by anyone. And, and, and so you can get these people, the people who you recognize and whose voice you recognize to kind of do and say anything. And that's mm-hmm. really worrying, especially as, um, you know, there are no filters and it's going to be on YouTube, be on Facebook, be on social media. People already believe stuff which is blatantly untrue. And this is going to be really convincing that it's true. So you can understand people are, where, where's the yeah, where's the line going to be drawn between like what is true anymore and what isn't true? Yeah, exactly. And as you said, people are already doing something similar, although not as advanced, just through clever editing and picking choice clips. Because you can easily get someone to look bad or good by pulling their interview out of context or editing. So during this, you know, this podcast, we make mistakes. I might say someone's name wrong. I might slip up and need to repeat something. Well, we can edit that out. No one need know that I made a mistake. I can make myself look better by practicing it many times. And then when I get it right, Donald can put in the right version of it. So we already do that. We already edit. People are used to that. But it's not lying as such. It's sort of a, a glossing of, of what we do. But then there's the lengths that you mentioned where people will actually choose clips that are not from what they're saying it is, but it looks like it. Or yeah. you're editing it. So you might see a riot break out, but you don't see how it broke out. And maybe you're blaming the police, but actually it was a rioter that started it or something like that or vice versa. Um, but by picking the right time slot and by not giving people full context, you can then give them context by giving the right preamble or title or whatever it is. Or if you're a newsreader, you can introduce it in a certain way. Or if you're that um, InfoWars guy who's been removed now from a lot of uh, media, um, online media stuff, and Apple outlets and so on, because he's basically sharing a lot of this dark stuff. He's trying to incite a lot of people to not necessarily violence, but uh, certainly hatred and bad feeling. It is inciting violence in many cases. So he's been removed. Well, that's what he does. So he will be picking clips carefully, maybe even some cases using this, this very footage, I'm sure, in this way. And it's, it, mm. is, it is terrible. But that then is linked to, you were saying about the media and people believing what they see in mm. the media. Well, the media is just as bad because they don't always fact check everything. I and mean, it's not all media, but a lot of companies are so desperate for news and desperate to see what the hot thing is and get it out there quickly that they don't always fact check it quick enough. And so the problem is you can get a fake going out there quickly because it's controversial and it's not fact checked till later, but people don't care about that because they've moved on and their world has been changed and their mind has been set on something. Mm, true. Also, I've just remembered my brain has, um, has, has won. It's Jeff Goldblum out of Jurassic Park. That quote I had earlier, I couldn't remember the film. 
Oh, he's great. Is he in the new Jurassic Park? Have you followed on the new Jurassic World? Have you seen the yeah, new I'm world? not sure what number we're on now of Jurassic Park. I get confused. There's just lots of people running about and dinosaurs. Oh, and I just don't know which if, one's which. If you've anymore. not seen the latest, uh, not the very latest one, but they've got, um, it would be, I guess, Jurassic Park 4, but it's called Jurassic World. Brilliant film. Really, really good film. It's it's like, it's, it is a modern version of Jurassic Park, reworked, but it's good. I'd like to put Nicolas Cage's face <laughs> on one of the dinosaurs. <laughs> he bro. <laughs> Probably has been has been done. <laughs> yeah. <we're> like, ah, <laughs> um, just going back to something you were saying about like editing, clever editing. There's those famous sort of political kind of montages that occur often around like election time. One thing that springs to mind is like, there's a person called Cassette Boy who does lots of like people singing or, or, or doing or doing like a rap or something yeah. of like edits. I mean, the amount of footage you would need to do that is phenomenal. But um. They're really, really humorous. Um, but soon they'll be able to do some humorous stuff just by having another actor doing all the movements and then the original person, whoever that might be, just copies it. Mm. Um, the, the stuff I saw is of the research that had been done and they'd even got it so on the, let's say, like the montage, like the avatar that you create from the, the source actor and then your target mm. actor, let's say that's Nicolas Cage or someone, um, you create like an avatar and you, you can literally just move their head around. You just drag the mouse and their head turns up and down, make them blink, make them look happy, sad. Uh, and not only that, when you move their head, it understands that your body would also move. Yep. So when you move their head, their body moves a little bit. So it doesn't look, you know, like Max Hedrum did in the night, you know, the 80s. <laughs> it doesn't look like that. Um, yeah. So whoa, very, very scary but, stuff. But, but you combine that. So you combine that with head tracking. So you, you can have head tracking where they normally they have a, um, a head mounted camera that's pointed at you, dots on your face. And the yeah. camera looks at the reflective dots and then uh, maps them um, into or software program maps them into coordinates in space. So it can see your facial expressions. Really good. They've used that for all the modern films. Yeah. However, you're now doing that on uh, the new iPhone 10 and 10s. It's doing that using this um, invisible dot projection. So when you're looking at the phone, it's projecting these um, infrared or ultraviolet dots on your face. And then the camera is picking those up. So it's doing exactly the same thing. Um, I don't know what the accuracy is in comparison to the movie technique, but it's something you can hold in your hands. If you've created your um, Obama avatar or a Nicolas Cage avatar, for example, you can then move the avatar just using your face on an Apple device. And if research continues, this is only going to get... Yeah. better or worse depending on your viewpoint and um, the other thing as well it's all very well sort of um for political like misuse in political situations i mean imagine if someone put out a video saying you know there's been a nuclear strike blah 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 or something like this you know people would panic so there's that side of there's that worry but also there's a sort of more more personal and more vindictive use of not famous people but of maybe you and so you could have your face put on cctv doing something you didn't ever do, you were never there. And video is, is relied upon often, um, f uh, and as are photos, you know, for evidence. And, and if it's convincing enough, yeah. and, uh, you know, that's a, that's a bit of a worry, isn't it? Like, to think um, that you could be placed in a place and you never were there. And they'd say, well, look, here you are, you can see the footage, and you're like... Whoa. And you have to prove you're not. You have to have alibis for everything. And then you're relying on a computer, potentially, a computer AI saying this is or has not been modified. Yes. The computer makes a mistake. That's a life-changing thing. 
Um, interesting. Uh, some, something that sprung up um, in my mind was The Running Man. Do you remember that film? Mm-hmm. Um, Arnie. Mm-hmm. Um, good old Schwarzenegger in it. But they, in that film, um, I can't remember exactly how they used it, but they recreated a scene to to show the public. So The Running Man is all about a competition between um, people who are uh, usually coming from prison and they get um, a chance to get in, go in The Running Man. It's a big quiz show and basically they all die except one, the, the winner. It's like The Weakest Link, but with more <laughs> adrenaline. Yeah. And so what happened, I think um, one of the competitors was... Um, was killed by Arnie, and they didn't want to make the, the um, his character look good, so they actually faked it, so it, it made him look like he's in trouble or something like that. Um, I probably mashed all that up. But the principle is the same. They were thinking about it at that time, was it back in the 80s um, or early 90s, at that time, and they actually had a reasonably good... And we, I was looking at it going, that's never going to happen. That's amazing, but that's never going to happen. It's happening now, you know, and it's only going to get easier, as you say, only going to get easier. Um mm. Uh, there was something else I was going to add, but I interjected with my uh, an own thought and stopped the conversation, which is terrible. I'm a bad podcaster. Um, I was going to say, what what are the benefits to this? How how can this help? Because we're, we're talking about the very dark view, but there must be some benefit to it. You could make your own film and, and have it starring famous actors. If indeed there are famous actors in the future. Okay, so, so that's good. But what about copyright infringement? Um, yeah, do you own your copyright to your face? Yeah, I don't know how that works. I, I'm, I know at the moment with voices, if you were to use someone's famous voice, that would be a problem. But I don't know what the legalities are of that. Um, what if, what about if you sound the same as that person? What about if you can mimic well, them, but it's, you're not actually using their voice? Someone said the other day, I sound like Joe Lycett, which I, <laughs> which I didn't think I do. And I checked with a few other sources and they said that I don't. But... What if I do? Uh, you had to he... fact check that yourself, though. Well, I didn't realise that. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, um, yeah. So, how, where do you draw the line? What, mm. and, and it's all a lot of time and effort to prove or disprove that this thing that you you know sound like someone or look like someone. So yeah, uh, there's people who look like people, isn't there? Um, so what you you have a <laughs> you have your copyright to your voice and how you look. I know for films they do either have license arrangements in place or some sort of transaction basically pay for that the likeness of that person or the um, I, I guess because they are famous that's why you're using it so you could say you're only using that actor's face because they're famous and so that's why you want to use them but I don't know I'm, I'm not sure legally how that works. Just going back to how, how do we prove one thing that struck me and I don't know if Matthew mentioned it at the time but blockchain is often used for proof so that's one of the benefits of it the whole way it works is that every single transaction is tied to the previous transaction Mm -hmm. so if someone were to change or tweak a transaction you will not be able to unravel the transactions and see how they work because changing one changes the whole algorithm and so Mm. basically messes it up it becomes a, a corruption and so in some ways to combat having these deep fakes the only way that we can um have proof is that certain video footage or audio or data like maybe our location data let's say you're walking around you get um to help prove your location you get your phone to track your location well how do you prove that that hasn't been faked you might then log all those transactions in the blockchain and so that they can be tested by anyone they can't see the data within it but they can test that it is true and so it might be that we're relying on, on these techniques for that proof. So in a sense, if a video is up, you could somehow you could almost put a thing saying, this video 
it has been faked. Mm. But it, but is it? Uh, but depends, doesn't it? Because the video you create isn't faked. You've made it in the same way as if I went out and videoed something and put it on YouTube. That's a real video. If I make it with lots of graphics and stuff, that's a real video. If I make it through my own little studio where I, you know, can put someone's face on someone else's face and I produce it, it's still a true video of what I did. So I wonder. Just that it's got someone else's face on, but my, my computer software doesn't really care. Just, no. Just pixels. But I wonder if, whether you use the blockchain or not, I mean, another way of doing this is through, um, what do they call it? It's, it's, a, it's a form of encryption for when you're watching films. And so you will encrypt it so that um, it has to be digitally licensed to be able to watch it. And then it, it allows you to unencrypt it. Now, that encryption is potentially easily broken. I don't know how easy it is to add that encryption on that's truthful. But there are systems like that where maybe the producer of that material has a license through another provider that can add data onto the signal that allows each almost pixel to be indexed and licensed to that particular person. So you, you then have a chain or maybe the camera, every time it produces video, some element of that is added onto this blockchain. Crikey, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I'm not. But I mean, a pixel is just what, you know, it's an RGB reference, isn't it? Yeah. But, but maybe each pixel has to link to every other pixel. So as it's produced, the whole video um, frame is a blockchain. And so each one then links to each other. Yeah, there is that part with video with cameras where they, um, yeah, they don't store every pixel, but they kind of store ranges and stuff. Yeah. So yes, maybe you could do something there. I think, yeah. I still yes. think the, the end result of creating it is, is could be, well, maybe. Do you, do you think we'll, we'll have more trusted sources that, you know, that they're, at the moment you have trusted sources, but they're not, not necessarily really trusted. You know, they might be doing sure. things behind their back or but, like it, with the BBC, where they're getting their news from. You know, who, who is it uh, coming from and it's, is it verified? It, everything's got a bias. Yeah. Like you buy a newspaper, it's got a bias towards the things that you believe in. Hmm. You know, people don't buy, you can't just go and buy any newspaper. People buy the same newspaper because it echoes their own thoughts. You're not going to seek out the facts when you can see a video that clearly reassures and reaffirms your own belief in something. They do it now. People will forward on articles, share articles. They've not even read them. Yeah. They've just seen the headline and the picture and it's like, yeah, that's what I that's what I believe. They'll share it, propagate it. There is no formal education in using the internet hmm. or, or what or identifying what's right. real or not real. You're right. Uh, so wow, yeah, it's quite it's quite something. Only downhill from here, Al. That's it. Well, I, I couldn't think of many positive uses for it. There was one which is like, yes, you could make films more cheaply. Yeah. So you that you know, you could save a bit on the actors' costs. <laughs> yeah but whether that would ever arrive as a as cheaper for us for like movie tickets it's a pretty thin reason mm -hmm. to create something that has all this really negative power for like this you know oh we save two pounds on a on going to the cinema which you wouldn't do anyway someone else would just pocket it <laughs> i don't think it would I, I mean i i thought about this as a way of um and we may have spoken this about this a little while ago about um reading out our blog posts and maybe incorporating them into the um the podcast stream or having a separate podcast stream for them so people don't have to read them they can just listen to them well at the moment that would take up time for me so i'm gonna have to record each one it would be nice if I could feed that through a synthesizer with my avatar voice in there that reads it out in the same way I'm going to read it. Or we buy, you know, use your voice or buy someone else's voice that we like the sound of to do the same thing. Um, and we could license that to, to use it. You can do that already. You can get some very good voices. But wouldn't it be great if I could use my voice to do that? So I could cheat. I could save time. 
it could it would seem like I'm reading them out. But then I look at it on the other side, that seems like cheating to me. I don't think people necessarily want to listen to my voice, but they they just want to listen to the blog post. So whether we use my voice or someone else's may not matter. I don't know. I'm, and I'm stuck between that. But I can't really think of any other benefits apart from cost saving in films or media production. Or eventually AI is making the films themselves. <laughs> yeah. Did I, ever, did I ever send you that um, that sci-fi film that AI wrote? Did I ever send you about that? <laughs> yes. I've watched that a few times. It's so bizarre. Yeah. So bizarre. We'll put the notes. We'll put it in the notes. It is. Yeah. Um, I'll try and p- pick that one out, actually. It, it was it was quite funny. And Cassette Boy as well, coming back to that. So it was an AI film. I think, um, reading through the script of that, I think the actors actually helped somewhat to make it somewhat passable as a, as a programme to watch. <laughs> yeah. But it's so watchable because it's just, you don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah. So related to deep fakes, there is also another app I tried and it's called Liarbird. And this allows you to make your own custom avatar voice. Um, so I heard about this at the same time as uh, the deepfakes um, articles I was reading. So I thought I'd give that a try. And I was hoping that I could feed in some information of Al's voice and uh, see if I could corrupt him for this show and make him say things that he would never, ever say. But unfortunately, I, um, with the basic system that you can do online, which is quite fun, you have to read out samples. So I had to do that myself. So basically, the way it works, you go onto their website, you log in, completely free, and you have to read out 30 different sentences and record each one. It then takes in those samples and starts creating a voice avatar. Um, And then you can start, after those 30, you can start previewing and you can just type in a load of text and it will then convert that into a voice, uh, a wave sample, and you can play that. Um, And the more samples you add, the better it's meant to be. I've tried that and I've taken some samples at 30 samples, 60 and 90. I don't think there's much difference between them. In fact, let's have a listen now and see what you think. So first we're going to do the 30 samples, then 90 samples. See what you think. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Something Inventive. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Something Inventive. So Al, you've listened to those samples. What did you think? Did you think there's much difference? Yeah, um, I think there's a little difference between the 30 and the 90. But even so, it just... It's not, yeah, it's not passable as a real thing. But like you say, um, it's early days, isn't it? And uh, it's, it's, not, it's not finished. Um, I, I had a look at their website and they, they interesting. I looked at their ethos mm. about, um, you know, their sort of conscious moral or social conscience on doing it, which is interesting. And, um, yeah, I, I think um, they're basically, I, I, the bit at the end just says, well, if we're not going to do it, someone else will. Yeah. And I think that's true of all these things. Yep. And humans have a funny tendency to try and push the boundaries without really, you know, always competing to do, do the next big thing. That thinking collectively, is this a good idea? Because they know someone else is going to do it if they don't do it. And so, again, with these like video things, you just think, yeah, you've made this thing, but crikey, what? Is this really a good idea? No. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there yeah. we are. Well, I mean, have, have a listen, guys. Let us know what you think, whether you think there's any difference. Certainly have a play around with yourself. To me, it sounds a little bit robotic. It's certainly something I wouldn't be happy with um, chucking a blog article into and letting it output the result. It's not quite there yet. But I guess if you feed it more samples, it's going to get clearer and better. Yeah, um, now you're in their list. You're in their database. I know. You can. There is, a, there is a nice thing when you go into the account. It says delete all data. 
So a lot of mm. these uh, systems, it's a bit difficult to find that. You have to ring someone up or send a support email, but they, they understand that. It's definitely worth looking out for. Okay, should we move on? Why not? Yeah, I'm, I'm, just a quick cover. I'm, I'm not sure exactly how deep fakes re- relate to uh, the web and media at the moment, but it's just fascinating. And I know there's going to be something that will be useful, so it's worth keeping an eye out on what tools come out of this that will actually help us uh, manage all the media that we're dealing with. And I'm sure there will be, even if it's uh, hopefully not to do with um, uh, ruining governments or the downfall of countries. Um, I just want to go straight into an ad read. Um, we're going to change it up a little bit. Um, we're going to talk about the SEO report. So this relates to um, the last podcast with Chris and um, and how we're working with him as our SEO expert to, to put this report into play. So if you need to grow your traffic like gangbusters, and I think a lot of people do, then you need to get our practical and laser-focused search engine optimization report. This report will help you understand how your website is performing in searches right now and what strategies you need to implement to move up the rankings. Many of the changes that you'll get in the report you will be able to make yourself or within your team or you can pass on to your web developer if they're a bit more technical. Sure, you can do this yourself. There are hundreds if not thousands of blogs, videos and books out there in various different forms that can show you how to rank on the first page of Google, and many of them are even free. But it's overwhelming, and most businesses that I've found waste a lot of time focusing on things that have the least impact. And this report can show you what to focus on. It costs just £795 and includes a video from Chris, our SEO expert, on how to implement many of the recommendations in the report. And as a listener, you get 10% off by mentioning our podcast when you book one. Just visit our website, ratherinventive.com SEO to find out more. Okay, moving on. Um, we're actually running long. So if we, got, if, if we want to fit into our 45 minutes, we need to finish off now, which means I'm not going to be able to talk about the London Podcast Festival, which I went oh. to last week. So I'm going to save that for next month. Because actually, there's some good advice on there for people who are thinking of running their own podcast or looking to, uh, you know, improve what they're doing. So I'll save some of those tips till next time. However, we did get a couple of reviews um, during August. I must say, some of them I I had put out the word for reviews. So thank you for everyone um, who gave them. And I'm just going to read a few out now. So we've got one from iCyberPaul. And he says, inspirational guests discussing their businesses and valuable tips on how to market your own business or yourself. Thank you very much, Paul. That's a lovely um, five-star review. Um, One by Dino UK 87 And this is actually the Dino who you'll find on the Mac and Forth podcast. Um, Some of you may remember Carl, who guested on a a couple of podcasts ago. So Dino is also um, one of the regulars on his podcast. Um, And Dino writes an app um, that helps you block um, spammy... um, uh, links, JavaScript, and all that sort of stuff. Um, hopefully, Dino is going to be one of our interviewees in the coming months. And he says, loving listening to this podcast. Very inspirational, hearing insightful reviews. Thanks, Dino. And the final one, and this is from Jono in Hereford. Now, I won't reveal his full name, um, just in case he doesn't want me to. Uh, but he's a great guy, uh, and he has actually been on the podcast before. He says, great listen. This is a great, authentic resource. Real people growing real businesses with great nuggets of advice and inspiration. Thank you, guys. Um, 
really nice to hear from you and get those reviews. And hopefully those reviews, if we keep getting them on a regular basis, that helps us move up through the rankings. We get more listeners and we can we can look at maybe putting more into this podcast. Um, so thank you very much. I think that's it. I've got just tons I want to talk about, but we just haven't got time now. We delved into deep fakes. Is there anything else you want to touch on now? No, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Okay. So I'll make sure all those links are available in the show notes. And um, yeah, next week we're going to catch up on the London Podcast Festival and also a great um, uh, podcast episode from Seth Godin on whether to outsource or not to outsource. So to sign off, you can find the show notes for this episode on our website. That's ratherinventive.com slash podcast. You can get in touch with Al and I on Twitter. I'm at Ben Kinnaird and Al is at Inventive Al. The sponsor was our SEO report, which if you just go to ratherinventive.com slash SEO, you can find out more and remember your discount by mentioning this podcast when you book one. And if you want to be part of this show, just send in your business, marketing or creativity questions um, you can send them as a tweet to at Rather Inventive or just email me hello at Rather Inventive and we'll feature you and answer your question on the show. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.